Hi, everybody. This is the redheaded preacher, Richard Lanford from St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Skokie, Illinois, in the United States. I want to thank you for tuning in to this July 23rd edition of the podcast. The message is about generosity, and I'm not sure what kind of... Uh, I don't know. We had a real, we had a surprisingly good attendance in worship, with a number of visitors whom we have not had before. And when you preach on generosity, which has to do with giving, though it's a pretty spiritual message, because you know, offerings are a spiritual act. Um, you just wonder how that goes over, you know, because of the idea that you know you go to church and they're always asking for money. Um, and it wasn't exactly that kind of a message, and you'll you'll hear that, but it is a it's about the spirituality of, of generosity. So I hope you um, enjoy this message as much as I did preaching it. Beth Sturbett is our elector, and we're going to turn it over to her after a brief uh, word of prayer that I will offer up. Merciful and loving God, the giver of all good and perfect gifts. We give you thanks for the opportunity for us to be together through the internet, through this podcast, through your word, and through the work of your servants, and the willingness of your servants to look it up and listen. We ask your blessing on this time that of listening. May it be consecrated unto us as a time that builds up our faith and our, our courage and our generosity. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And now we'll turn it over to our lector. In one of the writings of Paul we're about to hear, Paul assumes a good deal of Corinthians. He wrote, Now as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and went on. For us to excel in knowledge, as in knowledge of the faith, we will want attentive minds and hearts to listen to the scriptures. We have that chance right now, so please join me in the spirit of prayer. Let us pray. God of word and life, send your spirit upon us as we hear the scriptures read aloud. Make your words come alive for us. Then fed by your word and spirit, we can really live the way you intend for us to live. We make this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our first two readings are from the book of Proverbs, one sentence each. The first is Proverbs chapter 14, verse 31, and the second is verse 17 of chapter 19. I'll read them back to back. Those who oppress the poor insult their maker, but those who are kind to the needy honor him. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and will be repaid in full. That ends the reading from the Old Testament. We have two epistle readings that are part of a larger, longer discussion by St. Paul to the church in Corinth. The context is this big church-wide offering being collected for the very poor church community in Jerusalem. Paul goes on from there to talk about generosity and our faith. 
The first reading is 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 7. The second part is chapter 9, verses 7 through 15. Paul wrote, We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches of Macedonia. For during a severe ordeal of affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For, as I can testify, they voluntarily gave according to their means, and even beyond their means, begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in this ministry to the saints. And this, not merely as we expected, they gave themselves first to the Lord, and by the will of God to us, so that we might urge Titus that, as he had already made a beginning, so he should also complete this generous undertaking among you. Now as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. And now from chapter 9. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. This ends the reading from 2 Corinthians. Will those who are able please rise for the reading of the Gospel? Today it comes from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 12, verses 12 through 23, and then verses 29 through 31. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be the judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life doesn't consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, so, you have ample goods laid upon for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, 
Whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures from themselves, but are not rich toward God. He said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, or what you wear. For life is more than food and the body, more than clothing. Do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink, and do not keep worrying. For it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Here ends the reading from Luke and the scriptures for today's service. May God add a joyful and generous understanding to us of this, the word of God for the people of God. Two days ago, Friday morning, several of you were helping sort rummage in the gym. Chad was at work in the computer room, and I was in the study working on this sermon. As it was a cooler day with a breeze, the Laramie Avenue door was propped open. I became aware that a man had come in and was politely trying to get someone's, my, attention. I could not catch some key words to his question, so I got up and came over. The landscaping crew was working across the street. It looked like he might be from there. He had seen through the open Laramie door that we had uh, you know, the shelf that supplies the mini pantry and that there were two boxes of toaster pastries on the top shelf. He asked if he could have one of the pastries because he was, he said, very hungry. While I opened one of the boxes, he saw a small can of what I think were mini sausages and asked if he could have that too, of course. He was very appreciative, saying, thank you, God bless you, as he left. I returned to my thinking and reading for a message on generosity. It struck me that through your gifts, we had just then been able to honor our maker. Here again those lines Beth read from Proverbs. Those who oppress the poor insult their maker, but those who are kind to the needy honor him. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. You and I honor God when we are kind to those in need. If we think we are lending to the poor in faith and according to the word, we are lending to, we are giving to the Lord. Do we ever think that we can honor God by what we do with our resources? That this is honoring God? We do when we use them to bless, empower, or edify those who have little. Our mini pantry, which a bunch of us support as a mission of this whole congregation, honors God. A lot of the mission projects we've done over the past 156 years were about honoring God by being kind to those in need. I'm not going to rehearse all 156 years. Well, next Saturday, as Peggy announced, it's our turn to serve at the community kitchen of Ajust Harvest. We have been a mission partner with them for over 32 years. We've partnered with the night ministry over cookies, hats, scarves, hot cocoa mix, and underwear at Christmas time and the winter time with the Niles Township Food Pantry over needs for new babies and new moms. The Women's Guild 
when it's able, gives to places that help the less fortunate in several different ways. When we give to our church's wider mission, or OCWM, as part of our church budget, some of that works its way into the mission work we hear about in the various mission moments that I sometimes share in worship. And it can be going on in the United States or around the planet we live on. Those help, those dollars help other churches and communities in need. Now, I don't know if we ever think about it this way, but these are ways this church, its members and friends and staff, honor our God. We can think about it that way. The book of Proverbs is not afraid to use that terminology. It's not to be a point of pride. And it's not ever about us. It's, it, is, it is the kindness to the poor and those in need that's spiritual as well as financial or material our ability to give and our willingness to give come from the grace of god first for the believer everything has its ultimate source in the amazing grace of god that we know in jesus which is why we see, I think, this humongous difference, this chasm of difference between the rich fool in the parable Jesus told in Luke 12 and in 2 Corinthians, the afflicted, extremely impoverished churches in Macedonia, quote, begging earnestly for the privilege of sharing in the offering being collected for the poor mother church in Jerusalem. So while listening to Beth, did you realize that we were hearing about two opposites when it came to giving and the motive behind the extremes. The rich fool on one side who built big barns for himself because he had this uber harvest and he thought, hey, I don't have big enough barns. Oh, no, I know what. I'm going to give some of this away. No, I'm going to build bigger barns and I'm going to really coast. Oh, yeah, it's all about me. And we have the destitute believers in the Macedonian churches giving out of their poverty to help a sister church that's also in trouble. Here's the called offering uh, words that I, am, that I did finally incorporate into this message. Priest Charles Clawson said, a good question to ask is, who taught you to be generous? He went on to say that we learn to be generous when we observe generosity being practiced in daily life. So my first thought would be, for those who are generous, my first thought would be they get it from their parents or whoever got to raise us. But I never thought of my parents, or at least my mom, whom I got to know so much better, as being generous beyond her family circle. Did she give of her time? Yes, she was a homeroom mother for when I was in grade school, and I was the fourth of the kids. She taught Sunday school with her friend Eileen Shane for some years when I was going to be in her class, and more that I didn't know about because I was the fourth kid who knew what she did before I came along. But if she was generous to the poor and underprivileged, she did not let us observe it being practiced in daily life. I did see it practiced, though, from my thoughtful aunts and paternal grandparents who sent me birthday cards when I was a kid with a few dollars in it, or even five dollars inside the card each year. These grandparents and aunts were not made of money at all. 
I always appreciated their thinking of me and saying to me a couple of bucks. That was an observation of generosity. Yes, being shared within the family, but I did not expect it. It was totally unexpected. My brother David has been very generous to me and to me and Beth over time. Again, more than we had a right to hope for, and it was certainly never requested. He taught generosity, and if it came from our mom's account, of which he was in charge for the years before she died, and while she was still alive, David would say, it's better to give with a warm hand than with a cold one. Well, how about you folks? Who taught you to be generous? You know, another place, and that'd be a great conversation to have, uh, another place I learned about being kind and generous to those in need was the Bible. I read it in the Torah. I read it in the prophets, in Proverbs, in Jesus' actions and teachings, and in other parts of the New Testament. Oh, I don't know, like 2 Corinthians. My first two years of college were at Bethel College, a Christian liberal arts college of the Baptist General Conference, and which meant Swedish Baptists. And uh, interesting, since I was neither Swedish nor Baptist. Anyway, what I, one of the many things I got there was a high view of the authority of Scripture. To this day, I believe I still hold Scripture in high authority. So when I read Jesus telling Peter to feed his lambs and the communal sharing in the book of Acts, especially chapters 2 and 4, and the Micah 6 text telling us that the Lord requires us to do justice, love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God, I take these seriously. They have authority in my life. When I read Matthew 25, where Jesus says, if we do not minister to the least of these, his brothers and sisters, we do not minister to him. And when 1 John wrote, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? I take these seriously as God's word. Holding these and similar passages with high authority for me and my faith, I came to believe that taking scripture seriously meant not only me, being merciful and helpful and feeding the poor and ministering to the least. It also meant supporting policies of mercy, compassion, justice, stewardship, wisdom, inclusion, service, and going the extra mile. Scripture taught me covenant generosity and not to be like the rich fool who was not rich towards God, only towards himself. Who taught us, who of authority in our lives taught us to be generous, to be rich towards God? Maybe it was the Bible for you too, or at least part of it. So do I in my faith wrestle with being personally generous? In other words, despite the teachings of Scripture, do I struggle with the fear of not having enough if I am too generous? As a, uh, as a pastor, you see a lot. And so you bet I have some of those struggles. I imagine I am not the only one here who does. Does that fear impact my generosity? It impacts my spirit 
of generosity. It is like a break on my willingness. Who will teach me, and maybe us now? The churches in Macedonia. They put me, and maybe the church universal, a little bit to shame with their superb faith and spirit. They are an inspiration. Paul wrote, We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches in Macedonia for during a severe ordeal of affliction, their abundant joy and extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For, as I can testify, they voluntarily gave according to their means and even beyond their means, begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in this ministry to the saints. It's a common adage that the poor are often the first to share what is theirs with another poor person or family because they know what it is. This, however, as you hear Paul's adjectives and adverbs, to that, that's generosity on steroids. Macedonia, by the way, is a province to the north of Corinth where Philippi and Thessalonica were. If you, me, or evidently Paul, were aware of the extreme poverty and ordeal of affliction that Macedonian churches were going through, and we're then running an offering for the poor Jerusalem church, wouldn't we think to give the Macedonians a lighter burden and skip them? They have enough to worry about. Let's not ask them or include them. Oh no, the Macedonians said, we also have, as Paul wrote, abundant joy. Abundant joy. Don't you dare skip us. It is a privilege for us to give what we can for the mother church. How many people do we know think like that? But if they do, maybe it's good that we don't know because, you know, we're not supposed to trumpet our giving before others. It is being rich towards God. Those churches did not just scrape up a denarius a day's wage for a laborer to send, the normal day. But we learned that they gave beyond their means. They went above and beyond. That's inspirational to me. They weren't worried about the future. Who taught them their generosity, if they can teach me and some of us? What led them to be more than rich towards God? Well, let's sneak back to the first words Paul wrote here. He began, we want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches of Macedonia. It was the grace of God in motion. It was the impoverished congregations responding to do the very best they could to the grace of God they knew in Jesus. Their generosity was a response to God's grace shown to them There was joy in their giving. And there was also a real sense of covenant belonging to each other. And Paul laid it down even more when he wrote of their gift. And this, not merely as we expected, they gave themselves first to the Lord, 
and by the will of God to us, meaning as a channel for the gift to go and end up at Jerusalem. William Baird wrote, They gave themselves first to the Lord. The Macedonians had their priorities straight. When Christians give themselves to Christ, their gifts to meet the needs of others follow spontaneously. Generous giving, most of all, is grounded in the deed of God revealed in Christ. Grace taught them generosity. And grace made such generosity possible by shaping their souls to be so giving to others, also in poverty. Grace guided them to give themselves first to the God of grace, who so loves the world. We give ourselves to the gift. Recently, someone won a huge lottery. Earlier in the week, Dave Kaplan, Jay Hood, and their producer were talking on the radio about whether or not they'd show up to work the next day if, and they tried to use the word when, they won the main prize. The answer to what would you do if you won the lottery is similar to one's answer to who comes first in your life or your family's life. And, and you know, Kaplan said, I'd still come to work the next day. I love what I do. The Macedonians inspire us, teach us, to give ourselves first to the Christ who gave everything for us. And Linda Belleville wrote of them, their preeminent concern was how best to serve Christ. In helping a Jewish Christian church in Jerusalem, these Gentile Christian churches showed real unity at a time when the Gentile Jews, Gentile Christians, and the Jewish Christians were still working things out. So Paul did not push hard for such ultra-generosity from the Corinthians or us, but he told them the story to make a point and in hope. But in chapter 9, he advocated that whatever they, or we, in our time, give, we should not give reluctantly. We also should not give under compulsion. We shouldn't feel pressured. He reminds us that the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. We are to give, touched by grace, as we have made up our mind. And remember that God loves a cheerful giver. So, in closing, let us honor God with how we manage and share our resources. Christ first. Let us give ourselves to the gift who helps to banish irrational fears and be rich toward God and God's people and those in need, whether they're you know, affiliated to a church or not, always. Now maybe you and I struggle with that, but God within us wins that struggle. God within us can lead us to give ourselves to the gift believe. Grace does amazing things to us and through us. Amen. This is a big topic and I probably could have spent more than one message in a row on on this theme. But the next time I return to the pulpit at St. Peter's, 
will be a couple weeks because I'm going on vacation, so we will not have a podcast coming from July 30th or August 6th. I do return to the pulpit on August 13th, 2023. Incorporated into the service will be the service of healing using the United Church of Christ, a book of worship, uh, litany and liturgy for that. So the, 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 the sermon theme, I, I should put those two words together somehow to make one word, uh, will be on healing. And so I hope you'll be able to join us at some point, uh, either you know in person or via YouTube, or if you come to us through the podcast, whenever that is, we hope you will look us up and, and, uh, and be uplifted uh, from that message, which, of course, I have yet to write. So until we uh, interact, interface uh, again through the Redheaded Preacher podcast in a few weeks, may God bless you. May God bless your friends and loved ones. And may God watch over you and provide for your needs and bring healing into your life. In the name of Christ, amen. Thanking you again for listening. I look forward to a couple of weeks from now when we bring you another podcast from August 13th. Bye. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to The Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.